Before we get started, let me show you President Trump's latest campaign ad called Wolves, recently released on social media. Here's a question for you. Just how far are the radical left and inside the Beltway bandits willing to go to stop him? They all know they hate him for winning the fight to protect life, for exposing their deep state, for draining their precious swamp. And they already know he'll crush Biden. So like a pack of rabid wolves, they attack. So let's impeach him. Let's get tainted radical left prosecutors to charge him. Let's conspire with Hillary and the FBI with fake stories about him. All to distract from Biden's incompetence, weakness, and money-grabbing corruption. But here's the thing, he'll never blink. That's called having the courage of your convictions. And it's why he's our president. I'm Donald J. Trump, and I approve this message. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to the BCP podcast, the unfiltered edition. This is really strange. Check this out. Uh, on June 1st, when Joe Biden spoke at the United States Air Force Academy, you know, where he infamously uh, tripped over a sandbag. According to uh, Dan Bongino, who's a former Secret Service agent, by the way, he said sandbags are all over the place in the Secret Service. To hold down items on the stage, such as teleprompters, Bongino then uh, clarifies that the sandbags are never put on the side the president is supposed to walk, which actually suggested that Biden wasn't supposed to walk the way he did. Though that was very interesting. Now, what I want to share with you is this. During the PBS coverage of the event, after Joe Biden was introduced, the live feed mysteriously cuts to a sound clip with sporadic video. This is really strange. Check this out. Honor to welcome the 46th President of the United States, President Joe Biden, as our commencement speaker. What a profound honor for our academy and our graduates, Mr. President, to have you here today. We thank you and we welcome you to your thing. The ballot box is where a person comes in, looks around, looks around goes in, puts, and then I think one person stopped at 28 different sites, seven or eight votes each, uh, but they had hundreds of them and thousands of them. Uh, if we don't have free and just free, clear, fair elections, and if we don't have strong borders, we don't have a country. I mean, think of those two things. We need elections. They have to be free, and they have to be... ...nominated chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Isn't that weird? Isn't that weird? Now, here's what we know. This uh, this live feed mysteriously cuts to the sound clips and the sporadic video of President Trump talking about 
stuffing the ballot boxes and mail-in ballot fraud, which was disclosed in the great documentary film 2000 Mules. President Trump is just cut off as he is talking about the importance of free elections. That is very, very strange. The full PBS broadcast, if you watch it, um, this 27-second cut um, with this weird audio of President Trump happened. PBS NewsHour has not addressed the interruption or offered an explanation as to how or why the interruption occurred. <laughs> Maybe they're trying to get the truth out. Maybe some white hats hacked it. Anyway, that was just something strange and quirky and a fun way to start off this episode. Welcome to the show once again, folks. Please do not forget you can support the program and let people know where you get your news by picking up some merch. We've got sweatshirts and t- uh, sweatshirts and uh, hoodies. They're probably going to do very well now that we're getting into summer. But you can pick up yourself a BCP podcast mug with my mug on the mug. You can also uh, pick up t-shirts for the summer. Support the show and let everyone know what, what one of your favorite, if not your favorite news source is. Okay, folks, I've just got a smorgasbord of things I want to discuss and, and, and show you. I want to show you what happened in Glendale, California. Now, I lived in uh, in the Los Angeles area right when... Um, we first moved to California from New York City. Um, I was nine or ten years old, and we moved into an area outside of, uh, pretty close to Glendale, Pasadena, uh, San Gabriel Valley area. Uh, well, actually, that's not the San Gabriel Valley, but uh, that that Glendale uh, area. And I had a lot of Armenian friends. There's a lot of uh, there's been always a strong uh, Armenian community in that area, an Armenian Christian community. And they are fed up with the pushing of the Alphabet Q Plus agenda. And that was very evident yesterday during a board meeting in which Antifa came out to support the pushing of this agenda. And Armenian Christian dads weren't having it. And guess who the police called out to protect? Here's news coverage of the event, and then I'll fill in the missing information. Melvin Jen, good morning. That clash over pride curriculum here at the Glendale Unified School District headquarters, and there were hundreds of people that showed up here in the parking lot to demonstrate. Take a look. Sky Fox was over the scene, and you can see the moments when that crowd became violent here, dueling protests outside the Glendale Unified board meeting that led to law enforcement declaring an unlawful assembly. Meanwhile, inside, the school board was voting on reconsidering pride curriculum, highlighting LGBTQ plus issues that has been in place since 2019. Glendale Unified says it follows California law, which states that every person on campus has a right to be referred to by their preferred pronoun. Meanwhile, parents and community members on both sides showed up to demonstrate. They need to stop asking little children what they sexually identify as. Children are not sexual beings, nor should they be. I think it's really important to be here to stand up for all children and not be exclusive. We are an inclusive community. 
the school board later did vote unanimously to declare June Pride Month and move forward with the curriculum. Advocates say LGBTQ plus representation in school studies is important. Opponents say they don't want the content to be introduced to children. Police, meanwhile, say many of the protesters here at this protest, uh, at this demonstration, were also present during a violent exchange between demonstrators outside Sadequay Elementary in North Hollywood last week over a scheduled Pride Assembly. And back out here live, Glendale police say three people were arrested here in the parking lot yesterday, one of them for allegedly using pepper spray. Now, according to the great citizen journalist Andy No and the Gateway Pundit, this is what actually happened. Armenian men beat the living snot out of Antifa thugs and far-left uh, protesters outside that school board meeting in Glendale, California uh, last night, uh, Tuesday evening. Once again, Glendale has a large Armenian Christian population, and they have had it up to here with the LGBTQ pride events taking place in elementary schools. Now, according to reporting from CBS News, 50 police officers were de uh, deployed to break up the massive brawl that erupted last night around 6 p.m., the uh, Armenian dads are just not having it. Uh, we have this tweet from Andy No: Breaking Armenian-American men fight against Antifa and far-left protesters outside the Glendale, California school board meeting. Immigrant families have been furious that elementary schools are doing proud events. Antifa have gathered to oppose the parents. And they were also the ones that had uh, apparently gathered, gathered uh, in the Hollywood area in previous uh, days as well. Now, Glendale police showed up. And again, Andy No uh, has some footage. They showed up and beat back the Armenians fighting against the Antifa goons. So once again, we have the police rushing to save the far-left protesters because, of course, they are the victims. Absolutely crazy. But that is how it goes. All right, Steph, we got, uh, folks, we got, I, I've got some more nuttery for you. How about what's going on right now in the economy? All right. We have uh, grocery prices are up. That was a subject brought up today during uh, Wednesday during the White House uh, press briefing. We know that the cost of eggs, poultry, and beef uh, have increased when it comes to food prices. We also know that gas prices are up. But this is what Corinne Jean-Pierre had to say about the reason for all of this. As you know, grocery prices rose because of the global supply chain, bottleneck and unforeseen supply shocks like avian flu and war in Ukraine and also poor weather. Always got to get that climate change, poor weather excuse in. Absolute more evidence that these people are sociopaths. Nothing is ever their fault, even when it is their fault. For instance, it's our fault that the Nord Stream pipeline was blown up, and it's our fault for supporting Ukraine that Ukraine bombed their own dam. Also in a press uh, conference, this one yesterday, a reporter confronted National Security Council spokesman uh, John Kirby regarding the claims that Russia had launched an attack destroying the Nova Kafkova, uh, Kafkovka dam in Russia. Oh, wait. It's in Ukraine, but it's in a Russian-controlled part of Ukraine's Kurzon region. 
Here is the question and listen to the ridiculous answer from uh, Mr. Kirby. But actually, I like how the question was worded. It was pretty loaded with truth. Does it seem believable to you that uh, Russia would destroy a dam and flood ethnic Russian villages and cut off the water supply to uh, Crimea? I mean, that doesn't seem logical. It seems about a as logical as blowing up one's own pipeline, doesn't it? We've come to no conclusions on this. We're working with the Ukrainians. We'll try to get as much information as we can. I like how the reporter, uh, it makes about as much sense as blowing up your own pipeline, obviously in reference to the fact that the pipeline was not blown up. The North Stream pipeline was not blown up by Russia. Absolute craziness. All right, so we talked about what happened in Glendale. I want to share this with you. Now, when I first started doing things on YouTube in 2015, but really in earnest in 2016 and in 2017, there was a lot of reporting on Pizzagate, all right? Let's just put Pizzagate to the side, but we were looking at the fact that the realization that many of DC's people are absolute sick pedophile bastards. I think... I think anyone who rapes or harms a child sexually, I think that should be a capital offense. I've said that before. I think people who sexually abuse children should be at the minimum incarcerated for life and chemically castrated. You can't cure it. That's at the minimum. I think it'd be best if we just did not have them in the gene pool. I know that sounds very harsh, folks, to some people. But harming children sexually, to me, is a capital offense that should, after a fair trial and an automatic appeal, I don't believe that we should quickly put people to death. I think two strikes, you're out, and then you're out. And you can uh, be judged and take it up with the Almighty himself. Now, when I was reporting on these things... That was the first time that I almost lost my YouTube channel. This would have been 2017, 2018. A lot of people moved from YouTube over to this platform called Vidme. Vidme was like today's Rumble. They were they were just a hosting platform that was doing videos, but they were not trying to get big. And then when people started making their platform big, they kind of like pushed back on it. It was kind of strange. Well, it turns out that VidMe, which is not around anymore, was hosting child porn on the back end. This is something that I believe it was uh, the honeybee, Miss Zakaria, was reporting on at the time. Now, let me tell you a little story, folks. A lot of you folks are not uh, probably aware of this. But when I was starting off my YouTube channel, this is before having 100,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. By the way, before they took it down... I was at uh, 640,000-odd subscribers. Now, as far as 100,000 subscribers, I was invited to join this collective of up-and-coming uh, YouTubers that, are, that, were, that were reporting on the truth. They invited me, and, and, and they, they had set this thing up called um, Arizona Bay News. It was a reference to a joke, I believe it was by Bill Hicks, that said that uh, when the disgusting California would uh, fall into the ocean or have some kind of uh, meltdown, that Arizona would be the new coast 
therefore Arizona Bay News. Anyhow, one of the people that was uh, that was part of this was uh, Melissa uh, Zakari. At the at the time, she went by the Honeybee, and she's been looking into. She she was uh, she she was working on a documentary about trafficked children. She disappeared off of the face of the planet. Um, we don't know what happened to her or where she, she was married. She was working with someone in the investigation. Turned out that person was actually a convicted pedophile. She was one of the people that was very much heavily reporting on John Podesta and his family and what have you during that time. It was a very, very scary time, folks, um, for people looking into the truth. And I don't know what happened to Melissa Zakaria. Uh, I used to talk to her uh, on the phone. We would do uh, shows together, and then she just completely disappeared. We had some mutual friends on YouTube, other YouTubers as well. Um, no one ever know what happens to her. She just like literally f like fell off the grid. Anyone knows anything about Melissa, uh, the honeybee Zakaria? If you have anything about her, I haven't heard about her anything about her in several years. Please put it down in the comment section below. But anyhow, uh, I still like to say this that um, we started to find out that it wasn't just the, the, the people, powerful people in government politics and uh, in entertainment that were pedophiles, but they were being aided and enabled by a whole network of underground uh, connections using actual big company and small companies like Vidme infrastructure. There was pedophile networks on Twitter. I mean, I'm still, my black sort of patriot uh, Twitter is completely destroyed because I'm dangerous uh, I'm off of YouTube, but YouTube had an entire pedophile, known pedophile network. YouTube knew about it. Same thing with Twitter. Same thing with Instagram. And it's about Instagram that we I want to talk about now because we've got some new information on this. This is a, uh, a Wall Street Journal article from today. Instagram connects vast pedophile network. The meta unit system for foster communities have guided users to child sex content. Company says it is improving internal controls. They're able to kick off, uh, meta is able to kick off and control the narrative that right-wingers and conspiracy theorists want to push, but they always seem to lag behind what's going on with these pedo deviants. Instagram, the popular social media site owned by meta platforms, helps connect and promote a vast network of accounts openly devoted to the commission and purchase of underage sex content, according to investigations by Wall Street Journal and researchers at Stanford and the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Pedophiles have long used the internet, but unlike the forums and file transferring services that cater to people who have interest in illicit content, Instagram doesn't merely host these activities. Its algorithms promote them. Let me repeat this. Its algorithms promote them. Instagram connects pedophiles and guides them to content sellers via recommendation systems that excel at linking those who share niche interests their journal and academic researchers found. Though out of sight for most on the platform, the sexualized accounts on Instagram are brazen about their interests. The researchers found that Instagram enabled people to search explicit hashtags such as, and I'm not going to give you these hashtags, uh, and connect them to accounts that use the terms to advertise child sex material for sale. Such accounts often claim to be run by the children themselves, use overtly sexual handles, incorporating uh, words such as little slut for you. Instagram accounts offering to sell illicit sex material generally don't publish it openly 
instead posting menus of content. Certain accounts invite buyers to commission specific acts. Some menus include prices for videos of children harming themselves and imagery of minor performing certain acts with certain non-human sentient beings. Researchers at the Stanford Internet Observatory found at the right price, children are available for in-person meetups. And this is all going on over at Instagram. The promotion of underage sex content obviously violates rules established by Meta as well as federal law. I, I meant to say that backwards. The promotion of this stuff is obviously against federal law and supposedly against established rules by uh, Meta. Uh, in response to the questions from the journal, Meta acknowledged problems within its enforcement operations and said it has set up an internal task force to address the issue raised. These sick-ass deviants are everywhere. Absolutely sick. All right. Like I said, I got a smorgasbord of stuff here. Oversight Chair James Comer uh, says it's up to Christopher Ray whether he should go to prison or not. This is uh, very interesting. This is last night, Tuesday. Oversight Chairman uh, James Comer with Harris Faulkner on Fox News. Well, even if you run the FBI, you can't just ignore a subpoena. Doctor, our director, Christopher Ray is about to find that out the hard way. House Republicans will begin contempt proceedings against him later this week. Ray has repeatedly refused to give up the goods on President Biden. Republicans say there is an FBI document which implicates Biden in a criminal bribery ring. We've known that for a few weeks. But we don't have the doc, and now they're finally going to go after Ray. If they find him guilty of withholding that evidence, he could go to prison. The director of the FBI. Chairman of the House Oversight Committee, James Comer, is with me now. Great to see you. So, first of all, will you get an unredacted document by going after Christopher Ray? Well, that's what we're asking for. That's what the subpoena says. It's very specific. It's a, a very small document, and at the very top of the document, it says unclassified in big, bold letters. So mm -hmm. there's really no reason for the FBI not to hand this document over. It took them a long time to admit they had the document when he finally figured out that Senator Grassley and I both knew without a shadow of a doubt hmm. that the document existed. Then they finally admitted to having the document and they said that uh, they would allow me and Jamie Raskins to go in a classified setting and review a redacted copy of the document. Now, we all know what happened after we came out of there. We were in there for 90 minutes. Not only did we review the doc, the, the, the 1023 form that implicates mm -hmm. Joe Biden in a potential bribery scheme, then they gave us a briefing. They told us things like uh, there was an ongoing investigation and this document uh, had been handed over to the investigator. Uh, and then we walk right outside and, and Jamie Raskins says things that just aren't true. He says that this was part of Rudy Giuliani, that the document had something to do with Rudy Giuliani. That is a complete and bald-faced lie. If Christopher Ray doesn't turn over that document, is he going to go to prison? Well, that's up to Christopher Ray. I know that I wouldn't want to be held in contempt of Congress and uh, end up in prison being the former head of the FBI. Where Christopher Ray should go is the DC Gulag if he were to end up in prison. We know that's not going to happen, but if he did, it'd be great if he go to the DC Gulag 
where he could face face to face the many protesters and political prisoners in that system thanks to his goons and fed operatives who entrapped these great Americans. All right, so let me share this last story with you. It kind of brings, I don't say full circle, but it kind of connects various of the things that we've looked at in this report. We've looked at the sickness of children and child trafficking of children, which you can find on Instagram with children meetups. Absolutely disgusting. We've shown this Fox News segment with Crystal Faulkner and Oversight Chair James Comer. So let's look into this very interesting story. Fox News host Judge Janine Perot pulled out of a Christian commentary show Flashpoint event which was started to take was supposed to take place in Ohio starting tomorrow, Thursday. The show the show's host Green, uh, excuse me, Gene Bailey told the Western Journal that Fox News apparently made Perot withdraw from the Flashpoint live event being held at the Faith Life Church in New Albany on Thursday and Friday. Now the registration site for the gathering as of right now still shows Perot speaking at a Friday morning session and taking uh, uh, part in a signing for her new book. We're surprised after all promotion that she's pulling out, especially after having been on the program last week. We've been announcing her appearance and the promotion's been out there for a while. Suddenly this morning, they informed us she would not be able to attend and I'm waiting for Fox News on comments. Now, the Western Journal, who reported on this, reached out to Fox for comment but did not hear anything back. And just yesterday, or actually it was last Tuesday, on Flashpoint, Perot sounded like she was looking forward to participating in the event. Hmm. So what's going on here? Well, Lindell told the Western Journal that Perot apparently being forced to pull out of the event is not shocking. She's been forced by Fox News. He suggested the move likely has to do with opinions expressed by Flashpoint panelists, including show host Bailey, questioning the integrity of the 2020 election. This doesn't surprise me at all. Fox News made a dirty deal with the voting machine companies, Lindell said. Now, another thing that's very interesting to note is that other people will be there, including actor Jim Caviezel and activist Tim Ballard, and they're going to be on hand to talk about their film Sound of Freedom, which is about rescuing children from human trafficking. So Fox News does not want Janine Perot to be, Judge Janine, to be involved in a show and a Christian network of speakers exposing human trafficking of children and the stolen election of 2020. Folks, let me suggest, even though I'm probably preaching to the choir, that you waste your time, you don't waste your time and energy and hard-earned money supporting Fox News. Let me just find the clips that are worth watching or listening to, like those I presented to you here today. Fox News needs to go down for the dirty, dirty deed of being the first to declare 
Joe Biden, the winner of Maricopa County and Arizona, when it was stolen for what they did to Tucker Carlson and for what they continue to do to President Trump and we the people. They don't deserve a dime of our support. All right, folks, I'll be back with more reporting, looking at some longer form stories to break down for you in the coming days. Once again, thanks for your support. And go to the link down below, support us by purchasing uh, merch. And also don't, don't forget to support Junior and Juniorette's YouTube show, Nothing But The News.